Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Two Brothers channel. I'm one brother. And I'm the second brother. And I'm Rika. Welcome, everybody. Back to you, Mr. Phil. Hey, 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 guess what, ladies and gentlemen, today is special. Reason being, as we've promised you, we promised you that we're going to be bringing guests. And historically, our first guest, I'm going to let him introduce himself to you. Over to you, our first guest. Hello, everybody. I'm Akinji. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Akinji says, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Okay. All right, today we're going to be looking at um, personal development journey. We're just going to keep it simple. Uh, we're going to be talking about um, our journeys and how we met, et cetera, et cetera, and how this personal development journey has impacted us. And um, yeah, so we're just going to have fun together. So let's hear a bit more from Akiji. Fine. Welcome, everybody. Uh, it's great having you. It's great to be on the show. So basically, um, personal development is the first and most important part or first and most important type of development, I would say. Because basically, these, kind of, these are kind of things that weren't taught in school, but like you have to kind of find out yourself and go on the journey yourself, basically. Um, I got to, I've heard about it in the past, but uh, it was when I joined the Connect Me Network that actually went on it big time. So basically, mm -hmm. that's what I can say. I'm, uh, I've kind of... Um, appreciated that I had, I got the opportunity to get introduced to by being a member of this group. Mm. So back to Mr. Phil. Oh, wow. Guess what? Look, there's a lot of people that this journey has impacted and Akinji is one of them. And one of the things I said that was very important there is that he said, we were not taught this in school. We're not taught this in school, you know? Mr. Akinle, what do you think? Yeah, um, you know, it's it's interesting to see how, you know, from I mean, Mr. Kingji, for the first time I saw him come into the network and see his growth and seeing him now, how he's developed. I mean, well, I, I suppose, you know, what I love to hear is how people talk about their first day of coming into the network, how they, how they got to know about what was going on and how they were attracted to it and what intrigued them. And how they walked into a room, because I remember um, they always say a room full of black people or even Nigerians is the most dangerous room to walk into. <laughs> so, <laughs> you, know, you, hold, you hold your purse tighter. <laughs> so I was that for you, Mr. Kiji, I was that for you when you, when you came in. Uh, funny enough, I didn't feel that way. Well, like, I was just interested. I was just curious to see what the meeting was all about. That was why Who I told came. you about the meeting. Ah, uh, it was a lady I met on um, from TNs who said, that, "Oh, there's a business meeting around my area. If I have time, I should go and check it out." It was uh, was in Mama Esther. Yeah, yeah. So she just gave me the address. I gave me the number. That I should go and check it out. She told me the time. I said, "Okay, let me go and see what this meeting is all about." Out of curiosity. I said, okay, let me go and listen to what they have got to say. Or just let me see what sort of business they're talking about, whether it will be of interest to me or something of benefit to me. Okay, let me go and find out. And this is me, how many years later? This is about 10 years ago now. Wow. Yeah, 2007. Wow. 2007? Wow. Yeah. wow. That is 13 years ago. Rick, you're, yeah. you're smiling. Why, why are you smiling? <laughs> what, is that, what, what, what is that trigger? I'm just, I'm just 
you know, very impressed by the time scale. Like, I didn't realise it's been that long. And to be honest, at the time, I was very young myself, so <laughs> it's all, you know, very interesting to hear. Back you to were me. eight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was. You were eight. <laughs> Meanwhile, people like myself and Akiji, we already had a lifetime. <laughs> but you know the, the the beautiful thing about it is that you know and, and one of the things that I look at when I'm building networks is because of the power that this becomes. Akiji's story is one of those examples because I don't know what's going on with the with Zoom, but I hope it doesn't become an issue. Anyway, now. Because this lady was a lady that I met in a different network. And I invited her to my workshops. And then she didn't. She never came. But she spoke to Akiji about us. And Akiji basically decided to come and check us out. Now, when he came to check us out, um, he knocked on the door. And he, I can remember he poked his head in. He's like, hello. I'm like, hello. Can I help you? He said, yeah, um, this lady said that um, there's a meeting happening here and I thought I'd come and check it out. Is he okay? And I'm like, oh, come in, come in. That was 30 years ago, ladies and gentlemen, you know. And uh, I can say for a fact, um, we've been on this journey together and we've had so many stories. As a matter of fact, there was some story that we were talking about before we even um, switched on the camera to record this so you know those stories will come in time you know but again the power of a network I always am interested in it because I'm not looking to build a network where I am the sharpest I'm not looking to, towards building a network where I am the strongest no I don't want to be the sharpest pencil in the toolbox here I want a network where we have people that are strong in their own uniqueness what did I say there? People that are strong in their own uniqueness so that we can all collectively benefit. You know, what are your thoughts, Mr. Clay? Most definitely. Most definitely. I think um, it's all about iron sharpening iron. Um, you know, you don't you don't get sharper but all by yourself. You need you need sharp people around you. Um, so uh, you know, I, I I want I wanted to ask Mr. Akinji another question. Please, please, you know, because you know, when you, when you walked into that room, I mean, what was what, why did why what was your first impression, and why did you stay? Well, um, I was new there. I wanted to find out what the meeting was all about. You know, what the what sort of material was being shared. You know, the people presenting the meeting. You know, so I said, okay, let me see, let me attend. You know, the first day was okay, was all right. You know, I was I was uh, inspired enough to keep coming. And as time went by, when I saw the materials that was being shared, I said, wow, it was beneficial to me, you know, because obviously I won't be who I am today without, the mat with, uh, with, without all the material that have been shared, that have been shared with me. Because basically what's, you know, it's kind of shaped me, shaped my outlook, shaped my opinion, and improved my, my, my knowledge and standing in, um, in world affairs or for world, or what's going on, basically books. The books we've shared, the knowledge, the videos, the ideas, that sort of thing. It's kind of uh, really, really shaped my outlook and, and basically changed my outlook. Because obviously we Nigerians, we've always been about 
Money, 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 money. Money is big in our society. <laughs> money is big in our network. <laughs> Meanwhile, but beyond money, some, there's something higher than money. There's something called skills and knowledge, mm. which is even higher than money. But a lot of us don't even know that. We always think money, 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 money. I don't have money. I don't have money. I don't have a big car, a big money, a big house, big bank balance. Yeah, I'm successful. That's all it is to be successful in life. Just have a nice car, big house, big bank balance, then you're made. That's all it is to it. Meanwhile, you could have all that and you could still be as ignorant and still be in the dark and not even know your left from your right and still be manipulated by the system without you, even, you know, without you even knowing what's going on. You think, well, I've got a big car, I've got a big house. I'm all right, Jack. You know, yeah, my family's okay. Yeah, I've got a nice balance. I've got a nice, good, healthy bank balance. So where else does a man need? Where else can a man need? But still, no skill, no knowledge. Skills and knowledge, you see how there's more money. Money is just money. And you can only do two things with money. It's either you save it in the bank, or you spend it or give it away to somebody for service or for goods or services. That's all. Money is just money. Your money is to be spent. Money doesn't give you knowledge. Money doesn't give you money doesn't give you skill unless you actually you actually spend it towards acquiring skills. But we're so money, 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 money. We're so money oriented in our society that we think money is the be all and end all. Once you have money, everything's sorted. Just have money. Don't worry, you're okay. <laughs> and I know a lot of people in our, in our community now that uh, they like they believe so much in themselves that look, I'm all right, Jack. I've got a nice job, you know, I earn good money. I have a nice house, full detached house. I have a number of cars, you know, I live good, you know. Now, what else, what, else can someone, what else can a man want in life? What else can a man want? He's got a good job. How many of how many, how many black men have a good job in, in Britain today? He's got a good job, he has a good earning. So what else? Look, I'm doing, I'm doing good. I'm all right, Jack. You know, all these stories is just like, look, stories, man. Forget about it. I'm interested. I've got my job. I'm earning my money. I'm living good. I'm okay, my family's okay, my kids are good. What else can a man want? I think this is a very good point to actually in, uh, to break things down further because people will hear you say that and some people will be thinking, you know what, but money's really, is it not money? And um, I think the situation that we're in right now is a good indicator that money is in the scheme of things, not as strong as people think it is. Because like Mr. Kiji said, he said, all you can do with money is save it or spend it on goods and services. Look at what's happening with the coronavirus now. That is power right there, showing that it's more powerful than money. Because if the government shuts the whole country down, what good is your money? We're talking about holidays that we used to be able to go before, but we can't. So power has just trumped money there. There are many other things, but I'll let other people interject. Mr. Claire. Definitely. Um, I think when it comes to the relationship that we all have with money, um, we because we lack it. Mm. You know, most people, you know, if you if you don't have something, you you tend to just, you know, have a, a dreamy kind of relationship with it, you know, and which is not real. You know, you just feel like, oh, you know, once I get money, then I'm, I'm okay. I just need to get the money, you know. And, and you have examples of people that look like they have money and their life is all sorted out, you know. 
but it's interesting to see Tuyem Misakinji, a Nigerian, um, well, you know, from a Nigerian heritage, not saying that money is not everything. Mm. You know, that he values a lot, more, many more things over money. You know, mm. like his health, like, you mm-hmm. know, you know some of the things, you know, skill, some of the things that he's, he's mentioned there. Network. His network, you know. And I've seen him grow. What are you anything? Information. You always see some information. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've seen him grow with the information that he's... Um, it's gotten because it's not somebody that is like an immovable rock. Mm. He's always open to say, okay, what well, well, bring a new input. And he then he then changes based on the new information he's got. Definitely. You know, some people are very stubborn, stuck mm. in their old ways. Mm-hmm. No matter how many times you tell them, no matter how many times you show them, <laughs> they just like no, mm-mm. you know, it's money, 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 money. <laughs> You know, one thing I must say for Mr. Kiji, and I'm going to let the whole world know this, is that anything I would say about Mr. Kiji's quality is like Mr. Kleher says. He is open to be corrected. He's open to new information. And if there's a better way, Mr. Kiji will say, true, true, true. (laughs) 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 When you hear Mr. Kiji go, True, true, true. Then you know that something has changed in his in his outlook concerning something. And I respect that greatly. Agree quickly, then we we'll go back to Mr. Kiji. What do you think? Um, what do I think on money? <laughs> what we've spoken about before, either Mr. G, Mr. Kiji's willingness to basically um get taken information, Mr. Kiji's uh, appreciative of information that he's been exposed to, or money. Um, well, both aspects. So being influenced, sorry, introduced to new information and knowledge. Obviously, you guys have explained that he takes it as the wind comes, you know, and that's such a good attribute to have. Being able to be flexible and adaptable in certain situations is very, very important, especially in this day and age where everything is fleeting. For example, the coronavirus, who knew this was going to happen this year? Nobody. So, like, being able to be adaptable and flexible in a time like this is absolutely paramount. And in terms of the money thing, I was recently speaking to one of my colleagues and she was saying, oh, you could be a manager, you can be this, you know, go higher in, in your career. But I was telling her that, look, it's not about the money. It's never about the money. I would prefer to have more free time than more money, if I'm being totally honest with you. And she looked at me like, Oh, what do you mean? More money? She was like, oh yeah, you could do eight to eight to four, you know, and you'll be off for the rest of the evening. And I was like, is that Monday to Friday? <laughs> she was like, yeah. And I was like, nope, because that's more stress, more responsibility that I don't really need. So, you know, in terms of money, you have to weigh it in, you have to put it into perspective with how you want to live your life. Like I, my lifestyle, I want to live a life where I am free where I have a lot of free time to do what I love. And if the money comes, the money comes. If it doesn't, I know I'm good anyway. So, you know, <laughs> back to you. To be honest, to be honest, um, straight away, one of, one of the things that is clear is that money can be made back. Time mm-hmm. cannot. Exactly. So straight away, straight away, once you spend your time, 
on anything. You can't get it back. But money, you can get it back. And that alone should make people really start suspecting that maybe time is far more valuable than money. Akiji. Yeah, yeah, it sure is. It sure is. Because like, I was just thinking, if these sort of meetings we've been having since 2007, if a lot of uh, members of our community were having sort of meetings where they exchange ideas, <laughs> where they bring things down and they break it down and they actually uh, contribute towards uh, analyzing it, just a coming together of minds to, uh, uh, to face, you know, to like, um, to, to analyze issues and say, okay, we have mm -hmm. this in our community, why do we have it? Everybody brings their own contribution. And on a regular basis, they deal with topics one by one by one by one and say, okay, it's, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? That will go a long way towards improving our community. Of course. Where we are now. Of course. Just the coming together on a regular basis, once a week, where everybody comes together for an hour or two hours a week, it goes a long way. So basically, people learn, people learn to share and see that, hang on, all this secret competition, there's no need for it. We're not each other's competition. We have a far worse, we have a far worse, the system is doing its own against us, is working against us in its own way. We're not even aware of that. Is it also that look, oh, this system has its own game, it's got its own routine against us. We are competing with each other, not knowing that look, we're not each other's competition. There's a bigger, bigger threat against all of us. And this, this threat is going to wipe us all out at the time of opportunity. <laughs> not even like it's, it's, it's even, it's working, it's working. We're laughing. Way. It's not funny, but we're laughing because honestly, it's a, it's a clear and present thing that we have to be responsible for. So carry on, Mr. Kiji. Yeah, like it's a clear and present danger that is working against us in the community. And we're not seeing that. We're seeing more of trying to outdo each other, outcompete each other when we're not even each other's competition. The mm. system is there mm. doing its own, when we should all come together and move together as a unit. Rather than that, we're like competing each other, trying to outdo each other, trying to outshine each other, trying to say, oh, my car is bigger than yours. My house is bigger wow. than yours. Wow. Oh, I am more than you. Oh, you are on you are, oh, you are on 60 grand. I'm on 120 grand. There's somebody who's going to say, oh, I'm on 250 grand. There's somebody who say, oh, I'm any half a million. You know, but it's all nine to five. It's all a job. If you lose that job next month, next month you can get it. Next month, if you get a what's it called, a quick notice from work and say, sorry, we don't need you again. Where do you go? Where does your half a million pound whatever go? Where, where do you go? Where do you go from there? Where do you start? You that any half a million per, per annum. Maybe I don't know, maybe in 10 grand a month or something, you know. So where do you go? Now the notice has come through the letterbox or they handed you a quick notice at work. Sorry, we don't need you again. What do you do? And you're bragging about how you used to earn half a million naira or half a million pounds a month, uh, per annum or 250,000 a year, man. I've got, got a big house, big car, you know, what else can a man want? Now they give you a quick notice at work. Where do you turn now? Where, where's the next step? You, you're back on the treadmill again, start looking for another job. You know, you know and one of the things that you said there is this imagine someone being in that position where they're now looking for another job. Now, one of the things that I cannot ignore is the fact that responsibility dictates that we have to be responsible for the things that underpin our welfare. Now, it's very clear that this episode where we're really talking about touching more about life in the UK. So let's, talk, let's touch on that because it will be informative for things in Nigeria. Now, the things that underpin our welfare our transport is not in our control. 
our food is not in our control. I'm talking about the Nigerian community in the UK, probably in the UK, US, in Germany, in all these places. Not even only the Nigerian community, black community worldwide. Our security is not in our hands. What is in our hands that we should be so smug, like Mr. Kiji says, and we're doing our head like this. What do what does it <laughs> what does the <laughs> man want again? <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So those are the things I cannot ignore, Mr. Clare. You know, it's it's this um it is it is so humbling mm. to hear you say that because I was having a conversation with a few friends if, um and I was I was letting them real you know what Mr. Kinji said there which when you hear him talk uh, you know it is years of meeting up regularly of mixing you know minds mixing you know mixing ideas debating stuff that's why he's able to talk I mean he's able to slot into this program and able yeah. to talk yeah. along the line of everything we've been speaking about on the channel yeah, you know, to show you that it's not something that is 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 not something that is made up. It's something that is is grown into, and it continues to grow, you know, more into. Because um, we're thinking, we're just talking about slavery, and I was saying that you know, if you look at the people groups in the world, we blacks, we are the slaves of this world. Is 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 shocking to say that. But reality is, we are <laughs> the Chinese right. did not put up the answer. Okay, we're the slaves. No, no, no. <laughs> the Indians did not say no, no, no. We're the slaves. <laughs> the, the Europeans did not say oh no, no. Where are you looking for slaves? We are no, no, no. No, we are the ones. The blacks are the slaves of this world. So when you're starting from that point of view, and then when you add to that that okay. Who liberated them? Was it the Africans that came together and said, you know what, enough is enough. We're going after our, our, our brothers and sisters. 400 years of slavery is enough, Spain. Let's go and liberate. No, 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 it was <laughs> It was the slavers that got embarrassed, you know, unless the truth be told, you know, they couldn't be more embarrassed anymore. So, okay, let's let's just free these slaves. So um it goes to show the, the levels of um you know what we're dealing with here, Mr. Phil. That it's not just it's not just um this generation, it's more of a ideology of a people group mentality. Mm. Mm. You know, that even our help doesn't come from our own people. Mm. If I'm in trouble. It's not the blacks that will come and knock on the door and say, hey, free him. Where is he? You know, we don't have that history. We don't have that culture of doing that. Back to, back to you. You know what? That is very, very, like you said, humbling. And it goes back to responsibility. And the reason why I say that is that that's not where we started from. There was a time where we weren't the slaves. As a matter of fact, we were the rulers. Mm. And some people will hear me say, how dare you say that, Mr. Phil? 
the evidence were left in stone. The evidence were left in stone. Um, some people, there were some um, Egyptian hieroglyphics that they actually didn't color. Hmm. So some people could even say, oh, maybe they did not have lighter colors then. No, in this <laughs> Egyptian mural, they had light-skinned slaves serving black-skinned people. Hmm. So you cannot tell me that they are artists did not know what he was painting thousands of years ago. Mm. So again, it's in the cycle of time that we lost our way. Mm. And could this be the beginning of the renaissance again of us regaining our way? Could this be the reason it says, Rike? <laughs> I'm here for it. Yeah. I'm <laughs> Let's go. Honestly, <laughs> talking about slavery, I don't even know, but I got I got very emotional, and I was just thinking, but how how did we how did we go from such greatness to be in the bottom of the barrel? You know, the like word is called complacency. Complacency. Yeah, carry on. Complacency. Yeah, complacency. Complacency okay. In, okay. In, in a wealth or complacency in being a slave? Because complacency in life. What are okay, let me quickly explain oh, what, right. I, what I mean by complacency. You see, when you are in a land where everything is nice, sometimes your perspective becomes so um one way that you do not see danger coming. Mm. And mm. because danger doesn't come like, ah, I'm here. No, no, no. It comes gradually. Yeah. They will take, they, 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 they will, they will, um, really, how they did it was that, look, they came to Africa. They did not come to Africa saying that they wanted to come and take over. No. What they did was that they just found two warring factions. They will support one against the other. You understand what I'm saying? Divide and rule. They would mm. now cause, and those structures that will be there eventually will get effect, affected. Some people will betray each other. And as they're doing that, guess who is getting stronger? The person that is coming in. Because this is not his land, mm. this is not his route. And the more that happens away from his land, he keeps his own land secure, he keeps his own land. You know, oh. everything is... You, you you're getting it now. It? Yes. Oh, I see. And he's bringing stuff from your land to his land. And he's keeping his own land secure while he's disrupting yours. And over time, the structures that keeps yours together become disentangled. Yeah, it disintegrates. It disintegrates. And then over time, time is <laughs> important. Even your children will know nothing else but to start relying on that. That's where we find ourselves now. That's just a quick summary. So back to you, Rika. Do you understand what complacency means now? Yeah, I get it. I get it. Being in the land of abundance, you know, the sun, um, clear blue waters, lovely fruit and veg, all you know, fresh from the <laughs> from the mother earth. I get it. I get it now. But four hundred years. 400 years is a long time and you know it only it only 
did recently in real like I, I saw on Twitter it was even more than 400 years 400 years is when the transatlantic slavery was at its uh -huh. height but it actually started way before then so in the sands of time honestly time is a sea and people don't understand this look our lifetime is negligible in the sands of time and that's what the pharaohs understood and had to put such monuments that mm. look if we don't put monuments down even us will be forgotten mm. and thankfully they put such monuments down mr claire yeah it is um you know it is the the we have such a rich history mm. and mm. And if we don't go back and learn our history, we'll repeat the same mistakes again. So like you say, it's the waking up time. It's a time to to readjust, you know, because our lifetime in this in this in this timeline is very short. But back to back to Mr. Akiji. Akiji, back to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the history of slavery, you know, the legacy, the legacy, the legacy of slavery and racism and the part that is playing in our past and our present. And if we're not careful, the part the part that's gonna play in our future, that sort of thing. Um, well, um, you say complacency on the part of our ancestors or on the part of our people. You see, Africa was a place where the weather was nice, it wasn't cold, there was fresh fruit. They didn't have to like, you know, they didn't have to struggle for a living. The weather was nice, it wasn't cold and inhospitable, you know. The people in the other they are there, you know, they didn't need much technology or much know-how, even though the, the, the Moors had castles. It was the Moors who taught the Europeans how to build castles. So the Moors had technology, you know. So, and again, the nature of Africa itself was nice weather, you know, was nice, there was water, there was nice, it was nice, good, clean water, you know, the crops grew, you know, everything was fine, the rain fell, you know, so basically, we had no room to, you know, we had no reason to be fearful. Nature was good to us. Nature was good to us. You know, agriculture went, was doing fine. The, the land was fertile. We didn't have to struggle to find food to eat. Everything grew, everything grew wild and grew, grew, grew abundantly in Africa. Africa was a welcoming place for everybody. The weather was nice, the sun shone, you know, people, agriculture was doing well. The land was, you know, there was loads of land. There was exactly. no, we were all packed into one little space. Exactly. So we didn't want for much or we didn't want for anything. Nature was good. Nature was kind. Nature was, nature was, nature was providing for us abundantly. So fine. Well, whether we're complacent or not, some people came from a faraway land in Europe. They came to Africa and saw how the people were living. And these people having a ball. They were having the time of their lives, you know. They were not struggling. They were not hungry. They were not. They were not um, malnourished. They had good fresh fruits to eat. You know, food grew wild. The land was fertile. You know, the weather was good. The rain. The rain fell on time. You know, they didn't have to struggle for a living. They didn't have to struggle for their lives. Life okay. was abundant. Okay, hold on that thought. Okay, because now I can see we have to continue this. We're gonna have a part two. Let's shut this down and. Um, get get to part two and uh, stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. I am sure that you are happy that you just got introduced to Mr. Kiji, but I'm sure there's more that he wants to share. So we're gonna. Be
do a part two to this. We didn't want to make it too long. So on that note, Mr. Kalea and Rike took us out. Bye, everybody. <laughs> See, See you next time. Episode. See you in the next episode, guys. I can you say, say bye. All right. Bye, everybody. Have a nice one. Nice time to you all.